0: Hey, this is Tim McCurdy, and welcome to Vine Pair's Cocktail College, a weekly deep dive into classic cocktails that goes beyond the recipe with America's best bartenders. Hello, Cocktail College listener. Isn't this exciting? We're going to do something new today. And this is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Actually, since we first came up with the idea for the series and launched it, This is our inaugural techniques episode. And I think there are topics that come up in many episodes, recurring topics, whether it's maybe fresh lime juice, that seems to be something we hit a lot, where it's interesting to see people's different takes on that one aspect of bartending. And then there are other topics that come up where I feel like we could probably devote a lot more of the episodes to that particular aspect of the drink, but it would take us too far from the spirit of the cocktail. No pun intended there. And one of those that came up very recently was the idea of acid adjusting. That was in our episode with Jack Schramm. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that right now. It's the Paloma episode This guy is a wonderful wealth of knowledge, not just on that drink, but on these techniques, which is why I think he's the perfect guest to kick off this special new series of episodes within the Cocktail College podcast. And acid adjusting, where do we begin? You know, what is it? Why should we care about it? I feel like it's one of these topics that maybe there are two clear sides that you sit on. This is something you fully believe in, or maybe it's something that you might be skeptical about. And I think that after listening to today's episode, you won't be skeptical about that. Or at least you will say, I understand that the people that are out there doing this are doing this with a reason and with a purpose. And Jack, Lays that down for us today. He explains why he's done it before, why he continues to do it, and also the the, the merits of it. Um, as in a quick aside, before Jack's last episode, we mentioned his previous experience in bars. It should be noted that Jack also has this wild company now called Solid Wiggles. It's essentially kind of jelly cake, boozy concoction all together. And for that, he uses all these techniques and the techniques he mentioned in that episode, clarifications, acid adjusting. He even offers a solid wiggles version of the Paloma. So go ahead and check that out. I believe it might be on Gold Belly. Anyway, so here we go. This is the first techniques episode, listener. We are chatting acid adjusting with Jack Strom, friend of the show. That show, of course, is the Cocktail College podcast. Um. Welcome to Vine Pears Cocktail College. I'm your host, Tim McCurdy. And today we are joined by friend of the show, Jack Shrum, to kick off what is, I'm very excited to announce our inaugural techniques episode. And if you've listened to Jack's appearance with the Paloma, you'll know that this guy is absolutely ideal to discuss techniques with us. If you haven't, stop right now, go back, listen to the Paloma. But Jack, let's kick it off again. How's it going? Great, Tim. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm thrilled to chat about techniques, uh, great and small. Uh, let's let's get right, right into it. Amazing. So we're going to get into today the topic, the first one we're exploring is acid adjusting. I think that's a term that most of our listeners will have become more familiar with in recent years. Um, I'm going to say, you didn't know this, I didn't tell you this before we recorded, but you were the first person that actually introduced that to me, IRL, in real life. Wow. I think it was at, a te- it was at a, a, an event at Katana Kitten uh, where there's a couple of different bars, bartending in that. It was for a shochu brand. Yes, um, yeah, 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 and that was very fun. We were chatting about it then. That was the first exposure I got to it. But like I said, this is something that's becoming more mainstream. More bars are adopting it around the country. Um, so I want to get into that and learn all about it. So yeah, tell us, absolutely. First of all, yeah, let's get into it. First question: What is acid adjusting? And also who popularized this? Where, where did it start? Is this a technique that has its Genesis in the bar movement? Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is a Dave Arnold technique. Mm -hmm.
1: This is one of his, uh, you know, ridiculous creations where he saw a problem that needed solving in the bar and found a way to solve it. And the problem was, uh, bars are wasting a ridiculous amount of oranges because Mm. they use them for peels. Mm-hmm. And orange juice is basically useless in cocktails. Like orange juice specifically just as an ingredient uh, is too sweet, is flabby. You know, mm-hmm. you, the, the one orange juice classic that everybody thinks about is the blood and sand, which mm-hmm. is basically the worst cocktail of all time. <laughs> uh, right up there with the aviation. Come at me. I don't care. It's, <laughs> those are both terrible drinks. Um,
0: Creme de violette.
1: Yeah, oh, my God. Like, why do you want to taste potpourri and hand soap? You don't don't have to drink that. The less said the better. Nobody's making you drink that. Uh, Orange juice isn't a good cocktail ingredient on its own, specifically because it's so low in acid. That said, there are some varieties of sour oranges that are awesome in cocktails, but that's not the variety of orange that you're getting every day at your bar to make twists. Mm -hmm. So you've got all of this excess stock of fruit and, uh, the same goes for, you know, grapefruit twists is there you're, you're using them for drinks, but then you've got all these grapefruits. What are you going to do with that juice? What are you going to do with this orange juice? And, uh, I think that a lot of people hear acid adjusting and think like, Oh, like, why are you adding more acid to lemon and lime juice? It's like, no, I'm going to stop you right there. We're not, <laughs> that's not what it's designed to do. The so lemon and lime are great in cocktails uh, because they sit at 6% titratable acidity. So a lot of people like to talk about pH as, because that is you know the scientific measure of either uh, how strong the acidity or how basic uh, a liquid is. But it doesn't tell you basically anything about how the, the the liquid will taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And the way to measure that is with titrat- titratable acidity, which is very similar to bricks in the way that bricks is amount of dissolved sugar in a given solution. Titratable acidity is amount of dissolved acid in a given solution. So lemon juice is 6% titrat- titratable acidity, and it's all... Uh, citric acid Mm -hmm. and lime juice is six percent titratable acidity but it's a blend of citric and malic it's Mm -hmm. uh four percent citric two percent malic acid
0: right so so you have just for example you if you in a 100 milliliter solution yes you would have Four milliliters of citric acid and two milliliters or four four, four grams, grams. Yeah, of, exactly. of pure citric acid and two grams of malic acid. Exactly, and a total of 100, and a uh, hundred grams of
1: solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the thing that is great about those numbers, that six percent number, is that you know, for for basic balance for most human beings, is equal parts of a six percent titratable acidity juice and uh, a fifty bricks syrup are going to balance? They're going to taste balanced exactly. So that's why you know you see two, three quarter, three quarter mm-hmm. as the starting you know the jumping off point for every sour style cocktail. Yeah, it's two ounces of spirit, three quarters of an ounce of citrus, and three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. And you know some drinks need a little more. Acidity. Some drinks you need to cut back the sugar, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do. Uh, but that's such a, a great jumping-off point for most people for most drinks, mm-hmm. and that's the math that makes it work. Mm-hmm. So, oranges, orange juice is only like one percent acid, so it's super mild on the acidity front, and thus it's it's not great as the primary acid component of a cocktail but what if it could be what if you could change the acid profile so that it's the same as lemon or lime mm-hmm. and you know the short answer is you absolutely can it's as simple as adding enough citric and malic acid until it's the same profile as lime juice mm-hmm. so for uh, you know a kilo of orange juice you want to add 32 grams of citric acid and 22 grams of malic acid. Mm -hmm. And that turns it into lime
0: acid adjusted orange juice. And what about these ingredients then? Are these things, you know, we're working with acid here. Are these things that I should be worried about? Are these things I could need to order from a specialist supplier? Like what are we talking about?
1: So if you're in, uh, if you're in New York you can go to Calustians, and they'll have them upstairs in the back mm-hmm. in the the acid powders section. Uh, citric and malic are, you know, the primary flavor acids that you're tasting in citrus juices. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones to to look for immediately. You can find them on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for a large supply for a bar uh, nuts.com is an incredible resource for acid powders because you can get it in anywhere from like, I think like, like half pound all the way up to like, like 10 kilos. Like so. you can get the big box of citric acid. Jeez. And if you're going to really run through it, like that's what we did at existing conditions because we use it just about every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not going to go bad. You know, it's like, it's literally powdered acid. It's the same, uh, consistency as like granulated sugar. Mm-hmm. So store it in a labeled cambro and it's good forever and you don't have to worry about it as long as you keep it in a cool, dry place. Mm hmm. So those are the acids to buy. You can get them on Amazon nuts.com. If you have a specialty food store, you'll sometimes see that, see it labeled, uh, lemon salt. In okay. like, if you go to a store like Calustian's, that's not Calustian's. Like I think dual specialty has since switched over to saying citric acid on their labeling. Yeah. But I've seen it in stores as lemon salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that usually just means citric acid. Got it. And if, If you're thinking about what the flavor profile is, uh, of just the pure acid, the coating on sour candies, like on Sour Patch Kids, that's just a blend of citric acid and granulated sugar. Interesting. That's all that's on the outside of those. That's what that flavor is. Mm -hmm. So you know what it tastes like. Uh, I, I often hear people say like, well, I just feel like, you know, this tastes like chemically or like this tastes artificial and it's. It's like, oh, okay. That doesn't mean that it doesn't also taste delicious. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of people equating uh, freshness with like this word natural.
0: Yep, And whatever. I, exactly. <laughs> it has
1: no real definition when it comes to food products. I think that if you are able to, you know, use a culinary technique as simple as dissolving something, you know, you'll dissolve sugar into water to make simple syrup, why not dissolve some citric and malic acid into orange juice Mm -hmm. to make it a palatable ingredient in cocktails that is really exciting and incredibly delicious? Because you can use the flavor of oranges,
0: but with the acidity of lime. And so you mentioned that uh, lemon would be citric acid, Mm -hmm. lime is a blend of the two. What's the consideration then when you do approach something like orange juice or grapefruit like beyond trying to hit that percentage how do you know which profile you're going for so
1: the at both booker and dax and at existing conditions the two acid adjusted juices that were like the the staples the workhorses were uh lime acid adjusted orange Mm -hmm. and lemon acid adjusted grapefruit got it and there wasn't necessarily any specific reason for that other than the drinks that we tried with those two uh, flavor profiles were the ones that we were the happiest with. Mm-hmm. And there's something about, uh, you know, when you think about lime juice, you think more tropical. Yep. And orange is often a component in some of these tropical drinks. Yep. And if you can just eliminate the. Uh, the lime from that, you know, you can have, you can focus even more on the spirit or the modifier than you would need to. If you have like, you know, you have to use three quarters of an ounce of orange juice and three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. You've now got Got an ounce and a half of juice product in a build that might, you know, could have been three to three and a half ounces. And now you're, you know, pushing it closer to that four and a half, five ounce, big monstrosity that won't (laughs) fit in a coupe glass. Yep. So that's, uh, that's where that comes into consideration. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. that lemon, you know, lemon juice, you often think of more pristine style cocktails, you know, like your Tom Collins, just Mm -hmm. like a a classic sour and something about grapefruit really lends itself well Mm -hmm. to that style of drink
0: seems more citrusy naturally i guess they are they all citrus fruits but it does yeah. seem more like you know that zesty lemony yeah idea definitely. works with mm-hmm. the yeah with the grapefruit um so what about some examples therefore of how you've deployed those ingredients in the past can you can you sure. give us some examples yeah, of absolutely.
1: those absolutely so the first drink i ever put on any menu at any bar i was still a bar back at Booker and Dax uh, and dave arnold said hey, everyone is participating in this competition. Uh, everyone who works here come up with a drink that has three ingredients and the winner gets the drink on the menu. Nice. And I said, Oh yes. So (laughs) we already had, uh, milk washed white rum. It was just Florida. Kanya four year was the rum at the time, uh, for a drink called the Dr. J, Mm -hmm. which was acid adjusted orange, uh, simple syrup, uh, vanilla tincture, and milk-washed rum. So it was basically like the flavors of an Orange Julius with the serving style of a daiquiri. Incredibly delicious cocktail. Right. Um, I definitely aped that drink a little bit. I I removed the vanilla and swapped the simple syrup for pineapple syrup. Like, I was inspired by the, uh, like, a dole pineapple orange Yep. juice <laughs> drink. Like, I loved, like pine orange strawberry or like passion orange guava, like this blend of orange juice as a, as a base plus tropical flavors Mm -hmm. I think is so delicious. So I was like, Oh, I'll just swap this for, you know, 50 bricks, pineapple syrup and acid adjusted orange and milk washed rum. And it became this drink, the tropical thunder that is super delicious and very clean and straightforward flavor profile. You know, it's basically a pineapple-orange daiquiri. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that, but you're not getting lost with an ounce of orange juice and an ounce of pineapple juice and three-quarters of an ounce of uh, lime juice plus a half ounce of simple syrup. You know, it just condenses everything into this neat package so you can focus on rum pineapple and orange, Mm -hmm. but it has the acid profile that you're looking for out of a shaken cocktail.
0: Amazing. And obviously there are a few ingredients in there too, that do require some extra preparation. So if you were to highlight maybe one cocktail that folks could say, someone was going out after listening to this, they buy some citric, they buy some Malik. Yeah. What's a, maybe a classic cocktail that they could quite easily reimagine using only this new, like this is the only new technique that we're incorporating.
1: I would say, uh, Don't try to take a classic cocktail necessarily and just like sub in an acid adjusted juice because you're, it's not going to be greater than the existing drink. Okay. Like there's a reason that like, you know, the Tom Collins is so delicious because it's this ultra, you know, pristine lemon and gin situation. You can swap in grapefruit and it's it's still going to taste good, Uh, but it's just not. Uh, Collins anymore. Got it. And it sort of is this weird uncanny valley in this point. And I think this is why a lot of people don't like or disagree with acid adjusting conceptually because they're like, oh, you know, this is just stupid. It's just making worse drinks. (laughs) But I would encourage you to take fresh grapefruit juice, add 40 grams of citric acid per kilo. You know, it's we would also do it sometimes per liter. If we were moving fast, it's almost exactly the same, you know, water is a milliliter is a gram, uh, juice, weigh it, measure it. It's not quite spot on, but it's close enough for for this figure. Uh, so a kilo of juice and 40 grams of citric acid is going to yield lemon acid, grapefruit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I would encourage you to just make a sour with aquavit uh, acid-adjusted grapefruit, and simple syrup. Amazing. Taste that drink and tell me what you think. I think it's like the greatest example of a three-ingredient sour that exists. Mm-hmm. Something about the way that caraway and grapefruit play together oh, is yeah. so insanely delicious. Uh, if you're looking for a specific brand, I really like Linny. I mm-hmm. like the aged Linny Aquavit as my personal favorite. I think it also works the best in most Cocktail aquavit applications, but there's plenty of great domestic aquavits as well. Uh, Svol from Brooklyn is is really lovely. Either they're Swedish or Danish works great in this cocktail. I've had it with Krogstad, and it tastes great. Uh, I've basically whatever. Aquavit is available to me. I'm happy to drink with acid-adjusted grapefruit and a little bit of simple syrup. Sounds amazing. And two, three-quarter to three-quarter. Yeah, start there. And then I like to do, you know, like scant one acid grapefruit, like not all the way up to a full ounce, but I definitely like it a little bit higher acid. You know, I drink daiquiris two, one, three-quarter, one lime. So I'm definitely more on the like big, bold, juicy, high acid flavor profile. Dave Arnold drinks daiquiris half, half which is crazy to me. He's like, nah, it's a rum drink. Wow. <laughs> so half ounce lime, half ounce simple syrup, which kind of blows my mind. I, but you know, he's like, I, I'm old. Yeah. I don't need all this. <laughs> I just, I drink it like this.
0: It's like, okay, cool, man. Very nice. Yeah. Um, would you have any, I think you've probably highlighted some of them, but would you have any kind of hard and fast rules for bartenders as to when they should be employing this technique? I mean, we've spoken about the general idea of like, don't go too crazy, don't overthink it, but like, when when should you be employing this technique?
1: I would say when you're approaching a cocktail and realizing that you're adding a lot of juice to it, if you've got a drink that's losing the base spirit behind this wall of, you know, there's pineapple juice in it. There's grapefruit juice in it. There's orange juice, like all of this other juice that aren't giving you the acid profile of lime or lemon and forcing you to also use lime or lemon when you want the flavor profile of orange or grapefruit or pineapple for that, like the, whatever, whatever juice you want to be using. Uh, try acid adjusting. It's Not about adding an extra ingredient. I think that's the other thing that people sort of get caught up on is like, oh, you're just adding a bunch of nonsense to something that's already perfectly good. It's like, well, we're actually adding this stuff so that we can take other things away. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a process of ultimately it's addition by subtraction. It's cleaning up the flavors. So taking a drink that would have been five ingredients and turning it into what is essentially a three ingredient cocktail. We just, you know, doctored a couple of the ingredients
0: yeah. beforehand. Really, that's that's wonderful. That's I think that's a great way to to sum it up there. And you spoke about weighing. Um, any specific tools or things that you know really help with this process? And also, if I do acid adjust some grapefruit juice, what are we talking about in terms of shelf life? Does 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 the addition of acid change that at all? Or sure. What's
1: going on? Uh, the, you need a scale mm-hmm. that's non-negotiable. It digital. Should, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, if yeah. you want to, <laughs> if you're, if you've got a crazy, you know, like grocer scale, that's awesome. But I would say a digital scale is going to be the easiest for you. Uh, and just like resealable containers. Mm-hmm. Like we would just do it in the quart container that we were going to store the juice in at the bar is what we would acid adjust in. Or in a Cambro, you know, in a big bucket and just stir it with a whisk. There's no need to heat it up. You don't have to cook this. Um, The one circumstance where something that has been cooked, we will acid adjust is, uh, and I think this is another situation where people are like, he's acid adjusting lemon and lime. It's so dumb. (laughs) The one circumstance where it makes sense to do that is when you're making a cordial. Right. Because when you're adding uh, a bunch of sugar to something that's acidic You're changing the quantity of acid in the solution. So, if you're gonna make, like, let's say, like a 50 bricks clarified lime cordial, you may wanna add, you know, some citric and malic acid to that to bring it back to the same acidity as lime juice mm-hmm. so that it balances in the same like it's like using lime juice and simple syrup rather than sweetened lime juice
0: and if folks want an example of that too and they haven't heard it i would urge them to listen to the the episode with toby cicchini that we had on discussing his gimlet because he, he even uses that so he went down this path to the, to rediscover the the lime cordial but he still adds fresh lemon juice in his build i believe and uh, fresh lime juice sorry yeah. and this gets rid of that
1: i yeah well i mean i still love even if i'm using a, a cordial i'll still like to bolster it with fresh lime if i make if definitely if i'm going to do a shaken drink right uh just because of the texture and that bitter pithiness that sometimes you can lose in the the cordial process. When you're cooking a cordial, I highly recommend adding some uh, peels from whatever citrus you're making the cordial out of, uh, just so that it extracts some of that bitter pithy flavor that's often lost.
0: Amazing. And, And any other thoughts then, or any other advice here on acid adjusting or things that you want to bring up yourself or other, other applications that you've used it for? Sure. Uh, I will say that
1: I just want to talk about, we we spoke about it off the air previously, but one of my cocktails that I'm the most proud of that I ever created started with that backbone of Aquavit and acid-adjusted grapefruit. It was a drink from the uh, the existing conditions menu called the Helicopter. It was one ounce of milk-washed Linnie Aquavit, one ounce of acid-adjusted grapefruit juice, uh, three-quarters of an ounce of Chinar and three quarters of an ounce of Aperol with five drops of saline solution. Just shaken, up, coop, no garnish. You know, v- relatively simple four-ingredient cocktail. Obviously, there's something acid-adjusted and there's something milk-washed. Mm-hmm. So there's some work that went into it. I'd be happy to come back and talk
0: about milk-washing. Yeah, I was going to say, and we, we Heather, haven't got yeah. into that yet, but if you could give us one sentence on why someone would be milk-washing.
1: Sure. Uh, milk-washing is a process of altering just the spirit. It's not the same as making a milk punch. It's Mm -hmm. a different thing. Like milk clarification is one thing and milk washing is a different thing entirely. Uh, but the idea is the same where you're adding milk to a spirit, breaking the milk into curds and whey with citric acid, and then filtering those curds out either through a super bag or in our case, a centrifuge, Mm -hmm. uh, And what that yields you is a spirit that has some flavors stripped away. Like if you milk wash bourbon, you'll notice that you've stripped away a lot of wood. If you milk wash a tea infused vodka, you'll notice that you've stripped away all the tannins Mm -hmm. and it's going to make a really delicious shaken cocktail. Nice. So
0: another, yeah,
1: another cool uh, technique with milk washing, but what you end up with is a spirit that has whey protein left in it. And when you shake something that's rich in proteins, it ends up leaving a super frothy, foamy head on top. Nice. It's why egg whites work as mm-hmm. a foaming agent. It's why aquafaba works as a foaming agent, why pineapple juice foams like crazy, why honey is, uh, you know, super foamy. It's all that protein. And you can get that without adding any ingredient like specifically to the drink, you can just have this milk washed spirit. Uh one note on milk washing is that uh it's only the the protein denatures after like five days.
0: Okay. So try and use it quickly. So despite the fact of it being, you know, a spirit as the vessel for it. Yeah. The, it's not gonna the protein have the, falls
1: apart. Yeah. Uh, so it, it doesn't. I I'm not a scientist. I probably use that word denatures inappropriately. I <laughs> I don't actually know what's happening scientifically in this solution, but the frothiness isn't as good after five days.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So so you have that with the the aquavit, and then yeah, talk us through the, the the rest of it there. Yeah, it's uh. So you mentioned you mentioned the ratio, but in terms of the intention of the drink, sure. Uh,
1: I wanted, I love that Aquavit and acid grapefruit flavor profile. Uh, the paper plane is one of my favorite modern classics. Yeah. Sam Ross, like the guy just makes bangers. He really good does drinks. <laughs> uh, so that for those of you following along at home who may not be familiar, I'm so excited to introduce you to this drink. It's equal parts, uh, three quarter, three quarter, three quarter, three quarter, uh, bourbon, lemon, Aperol and Amaro Nonino just this like genius combination of flavors that just work together. Mm -hmm. So that was my template basically, but I wanted it to have more of a punch of, uh, acid. I think that the Nonino can sort of like ride over the top. It's a a sweet
0: finishing Amaro.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and You know, depending on the bourbon that you use, oh, oh, so it has that perception
0: of sweetness on the palate. Whether really perception
1: of sweetness, or if you're using a bonded spirit or a even higher proof spirit, it can be like it can dry you out. Yep, entirely. So I wanted to have a good balance of acid and spirit and sweetness and bitterness, and I just found this. It in in a sense, it kind of tastes like uh, a sweet tart in Mm -hmm. a way that i really love like i (laughs) you know candy tastes good so there's no denying it. yeah so this this cocktail is sort of like the amaro flavored sweet tart
0: Mm -hmm. that also has this like weird caraway thing that's very (laughs) thrilling which is coming out of left field but as you as you described before like just works so well with grapefruit exactly and and i've read somewhere before as well that you also describe this as as capturing the essence of grapefruit yes. for the, co- the cocktail itself
1: because aperol has that you know that like orange bitter citrusy thing happening mm-hmm. Chinar has a little bit of that too more of that bitter grapefruit profile mm-hmm. like grapefruit pith grapefruit yep. peel profile and the caraway and the aquavit is like a it's like the opposite side of the flavor wheel like that complementary flavor that works so beautifully with it so marrying it all together is like a true expression of ultra bright
0: grapefruit Mm -hmm. and and to bring it all full circle to come together here if you were trying to make this cocktail with just fresh grapefruit juice it just wouldn't work you wouldn't be able to find the balance there because of the acidity with
1: those ingredients you could not balance this drink Mm -hmm.
0: it would just be flat flabby and sweet Mm -hmm. and very disappointing please don't (laughs) amazing um Well, that's been wonderful. Any final thoughts on acid adjusting or things that people should be thinking about? Uh, I I just give it a try. Think about
1: it uh, not as a substitution, but as a new ingredient. The way that you would taste a new spirit or a new fruit that you were trying for the first time and try and come up with applications for Mm -hmm. you know lime acid orange and lemon acid grapefruit, the two most common examples, the two examples that I gave, taste them for what they are individually and don't try to just swap them in and out for lemon and lime. Yep like taste it like it's something new
0: and come up with new drinks mm-hmm. using these new exciting ingredients. I love it. And you know, I I'm imagining, uh, I think you described it before as well, but you know, like younger bartenders going out there, discovering this technique, by all means, explore it, have a lot of fun, but yes. I don't want to see that perhaps on every single drink. If every single drink contains an acid adjusted component, like no cool maybe, it, guys,
1: maybe, you know, everything <laughs> in moderation, <laughs> Oh, and, uh, we, you asked me earlier about shelf life and I just wanted to touch on that. Um, we were pretty dogmatic about shelf life at, uh, existing conditions in Booker and Dax, like, lime and lemon juice. You had one day, Mm -hmm. you know, you juiced it that day and you used it that day and everything that you didn't use that day would get dumped into a big bucket in the walk-in. And then at the end of the week, it would get clarified and turned into a shelf stable cordial that we would then, you know, acid adjust and use in like stirred, uh, style cocktails as just (laughs) like a, you know, trying to minimize as much waste as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, acid adjusted juices like orange and grapefruit, we would give ourselves another day. Okay. And then even on the third day, we would taste it and make a decision. You usually got dumped that day or we, you know, by the third day we had just made the correct amount. Yeah. Um, But I would, I would say whatever your current like house amount of time that you're, you find that a juice is acceptable, give yourself an extra day with this, you know, there's something about adding that much additional acid that's acting as somewhat of a preservative, Mm. not in like a weird gross way, just in a, the, the flavor is prominent for a little bit longer.
0: And like you said, sealed containers, fridge, all these things are going to help. Amazing. Well, Jack, thank you so much for your time and thank you for giving us a, a science lesson today. Of course, Tim, anytime. Happy to come on. Okay. That was a lot of info, but here's the good news. Every single episode of Vinepair's Cocktail College is also published on vinepair.com as a transcript, so you can check it out there all over again. Also, if you enjoy listening to the show anywhere near as much as we enjoy making it, go ahead and hit subscribe, and please leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, and please tell your friends. Now for the credits cocktail college is recorded and produced in new york city by myself and keith beavers vinepair's tastings director and all-round podcast guru of course i want to give a huge shout out to everyone on the vinepair team too many awesome people to mention they know who they are but i want to give some credit here to Danielle grinberg art director at vinepair for designing the awesome show logo and listen to that music that's a darby seaside original